0: from Treasure Valley Reformed Presbyterian Church. To catch earlier broadcasts, just search The Gospel for Life wherever you subscribe. To find out more about this ministry and about our annual conference, go to ReformationBoise.com.
1: Welcome back to The Gospel for Life. It is Wisdom Wednesday. little aside here. Sorry about this. I I think I've told the story that we were trying to design meal planning, you know, Mm-hmm. Meatball Monday, Taco Tuesday, Wednesday. Ham Wednesday, and so my wife just the other Makes day, perfect sense, just the other day was was doing another type of alliteration thing, and she did one again that wasn't wasn't an alliteration, and it just gave me the giggles. And then she just says, "Ham Wednesday, isn't it?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Yes, yes, yeah. we're back to Ham Wednesday, yeah. but we are not on Ham Wednesday." We are on Wisdom Wednesday, and we are in Ecclesiastes 5, and I
0: think Jonathan's going to read us some verses. Ecclesiastes 5, verses 1 through 7. Guard your steps when you go to the house of God. To draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifice of fools, for they do not know that they are doing evil. Be not rash with your mouth, Nor let your heart be hasty to utter a word before God, for God is in heaven and you are on earth. Therefore let your words be few, for a dream comes with much business and a fool's voice with many words. When you vow a vow to God, do not delay paying it, for he has no pleasure in fools. Pay what you vow. It is better that you should not vow than that you should vow and not pay. Let not your mouth lead you into sin and do not say before the messenger that it was a mistake. Why should God be angry at your voice and destroy the work of your hands? For when dreams increase and words grow many, there is vanity. But God is the one you must fear.
1: So in the opening verse, in verses, we're called to listen. My contention is that that people are not good at listening Mm. um that we want to look and speak more than we want to listen um so you're free to disagree with that contention but uh, yes
2: see i knew it (laughs) can (laughs) you go back and Uh,
0: all right
1: so painful um however we're going to work from that basis until you guys say otherwise So, I'm going to say, why is it, I'm going to ask, why is it so important to be a good listener in the Christian faith?
0: Well, there's a verse in scripture that says, Be still and know that I am God. I think that uh, there's recognizing that He is God and you are not is probably one of the most important things that you can deal with here. But uh, so, in that sense, you know, hearing from the one who has authority in your life rather than trying to give Him advice is an important thing.
2: The uh, call of Isaiah is. I think a good picture I mean he sees the glory of God in his response is, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips so that posture of recognizing who we are in God's presence and it's a good reminder here uh, walk prudently when you go to the house of God mm-hmm. draw near uh, to hear rather than to give sacrifice of fools I mean it's our approach even as we come to as we come to worship every week should be with our mouth shut um, we're coming to hear what God would have for us.
3: I think the, the full sacrifice is that which God has not asked for and God is not deemed worthy of worship, mm-hmm. but the fool in his heart thinks God will love this and and brings it forth. And so it's, it's, it's the, it's the prideful uh, placement of personal preference above what God desires mm-hmm. um, and is declared to be worthy of, of his worship. And so if we're quiet if we're reflective, if we're listening and paying attention to what God has declared is worthy to worship him, mm-hmm. um, that's a much better posture. I think of the, the uh, direction from James in chapter I think it's, uh, one, uh, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry.
2: Yeah. We had a couple of years ago our, our Reformation Conference, I can't remember the name, the speaker mentioned this, of how worship needs to be saturated with the word. Mm-hmm. I mean, Terry Johnson. Terry Johnson. And that's so true. Our worship needs to be about god speaking to us i mean yes we we sing and yes we we pray but it needs its primary focus of being saturated with the word that god would be the one speaking to us
0: i think i think this goes to the a certain flippancy in god's presence you know there's certain mm-hmm. you know and that and that could apply even in in your private and um, devotional life too you know that that flippancy uh, eugene peterson reminds us that um, worship is a dangerous place. He says, sometimes I think that all religious sites should be posted with signs reading, beware the God. The the places and occasions that people gather to attend to God are dangerous. They're glorious places and glorious occasions, true, but they're also dangerous. Danger signs should be conspicuously placed just as they are at a nuclear power station. Religion is the death of some people. Mm Mm-hmm. At at least in part,
1: part, our posture should be as we go to the church is speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. Right. That Mm -hmm. we go to hear the word of the Lord. Mm -hmm. We go to hear him speak to us. Even that verse that Jonathan quoted, be still and know, the be still actually is probably closer to shut your mouth. It is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. and it's the yeah, Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think, and this goes into mm-hmm. the second part here. In what context might we be at risk of being quick or rash with our mouth and hasting our heart before God? Which is just coming out of verse two.
2: Real quick, I, I mean, I think this applies, but also something came to mind um, as Jonathan was speaking. You know, we, we talked a little bit about dispensationalism mm. in a recent episode, and one of the side effects of of that and it's is a, a stark uh, separation between the Old Testament and the New and jonathan's mentioned about worship being dangerous i mean that's one of the things we lose if we completely remove and abandon the old testament uh, we lose sight of the fact that this is a holy god who had uh, in his worship requirements uh, barriers set up and how to approach him Uh, there was a group of levites that actually had to guard and keep people from coming to god's presence the high priest. When he offered the atonement sacrifice and sprinkled blood on the ark, had to have bells around his robe because he might die uh, if he did it wrong, and uh, they could hear him walking around. I mean, it's that is the God that we serve. Now in Christ we have a greater freedom, but we need to lose. We can't lose sight of the fact that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever.
3: Greater freedom. Greater freedom, but no less of a greater God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and this yeah. is.
1: Sorry, now I'm distracted from what my own question was. So <laughs> I, I'm also
0: joining in the blame fray. Me, blame me. S- terrible. Stream this of is. consciousness is always good. Yeah. And
1: anarchy is what this <laughs> is. But I was just thinking about, when we were talking about Christianity and liberalism yesterday, and one of the things that Machen does in Christianity and liberalism is mm. um, note the distinction between what liberalism has done, which is actually um, attack the godness of God mm-hmm. and try to reduce the separation between God and man and true Christianity always recognizes, as as um, Van Til would always say, that the the distinction between the creator and the and the creature is mm-hmm. always a, a huge gap. Um, but the the fact of the matter is that God, in His graciousness, was willing to send His Son in order to to span that gap, to take on humanity, so that sinful humanity can come into the presence of a holy God. Mm -hmm. Um, God has not changed. Mm -mm. But what has happened is we now can enter into the presence of this holy, transcendent, all-consuming God because we are now in Christ Jesus, in Christ, yeah, mm-hmm. we have
0: that invitation to come in Christ. But at the same time, we, as you're pointing out, we're in the presence of a holy God who's described in the Bible as a consuming fire. There's a a holiness about Him that we we must not forget. And so, when we come before Him, uh, we realize that uh, you know we're in His presence. This is not about us. This is about Him. Mm-hmm. So then, in that.
1: How can we sometimes risk being quick or rash with our mouths and hasty in
3: our heart before God? Solomon gives us one way. It's when we, we make vows, we, we make commitments um, that we either lack the strength or integri- integrity to complete. And so we can be rushed. So if you ever, I remember being in middle school and making the great bargain with God God, if you just get me through this math test, I promise <laughs> I will commit my life to you in service. Like those kinds of promises, those kinds of bargains are just. Is that what you your God pastor now? It might be. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: I, I cannot identify with that example Math at all. Yes yes, yes, yes. Sorry. <laughs> it's fine. I don't That's know. Fine. Do you guys ever have it, though, as a, as a minister where where you realize that sometimes, um, subtly or whatever, that you begin to think that what I have to say is more important than what God has to say? mm mm-hmm
3: yeah I fall into that trap where the i think of a great illustration that's going to help me illuminate the truth of the scripture and then all of a sudden my sermon has become the illustration mm-hmm. instead of the text yeah fallen into that trap before
2: i, I by nature i'm a non confrontational man so there are some scripture passages where I come to and i just as i i just would rather not approach those but you know in but then have to submit to God like well no this is I'm just the messenger. This is God speaking, and I and, and I have no choice.
1: I even have it sometimes where um, you can you can begin to become. I know it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I have every answer to every question that you might possibly ever want to answer, and and you become a little bit quick, a little bit rash. Um, at, I maybe shouldn't speak for you guys. I become quick and rash mm-hmm. um, and feel like I've stopped becoming being dependent mm-hmm. and i'm almost behaving independently of of you know the, the spirit's work the spirit's illumination and enlightenment and then i'm
3: trusting a little bit too much in me you've been quick to answer questions that the person in front of you isn't actually asking mm-hmm. but you're anticipating yeah. and so mm-hmm. you begin to speak forth
0: yep. in pilgrim's progress there is a character in there that uh, Pilgrim meets along with faithful along the road and that person's name is talkative. And he'll talk about things heavily and earthly or you know, he'll talk about these things, but he he doesn't really understand these things. He he really just wants to talk. And Christian will tell um faithful that talkative is the son of say well he, he he lives in pratting row he notwithstanding his fine tongue he's a miserable person religion has no place in his heart his home or his conversation he's all talk and his religion is to make noise with his mouth and there's a sense in which people come together just to be heard just mm-hmm. just to be heard yeah i think of
3: first corinthians 13 right If i speak with the tongues of angels but i'm not love in my heart love for mm-hmm. god love for others i become like what a clinging symbol Mm-hmm. I think that's the uh, yeah the foolish vow is a clinging symbol in the temple of God. Hmm.
1: So we started by talking about alliterations. We'll end with this alliteration that David Gibson uses the the phrase or the principle that simplicity safeguards sincerity. Um, what are some practical ways that we can put this principle into practice? That simplicity safeguards sincerity.
2: Well, I think uh, the the worship that God has given us in the New Testament, the things that He's clearly commanded you know we i think uh, you know around this table our churches hold to what we call the regulative principle of worship where we strive to do that only that which god explicitly commands and uh, there is simplicity in it i mean there's it is a much simpler worship than what god gave us in the old testament but in that there's an, a, a way in which we don't we can actually be removed from the a lot of the trappings and just focus on what needs to be right. And that's our heart as we come into God's presence.
1: I think the new Testament also gives us this principle that as we speak, just let your yes be yes. Mm -hmm. And your no be no Mm -hmm. that we use a little bit too much embellishment when we, um, Say things and declare things.
0: Same, same thing in prayer. Jesus says, when you're praying, don't heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, uh, for they think they will be heard for their many words.
1: And we are out of words for today. Thanks for listening, <laughs> and we'll see you next time.